Welcome to another super exciting episode of Critical Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Rick the Rizzo, along with my co-host, The Mig One. And this is a critical look at all things TV, movies, gaming, upcoming creators, and whatever the hell we free like talking about. So buckle up and grab the old poop bar and enjoy the ride. Did you just say poop? Welcome to 166. This your boy, Mig One. I'm here with the stripper, Rick the Lopez. Uber driver. I ain't the stripper. You the one doing the Burt Reynolds? I was I was fully clothed. I know, but <laughs> that you, image you, is an image I can't get rid of. You're the one that wants to do it naked. Yeah, but everybody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see that. Everybody wants to see this. Well, my understanding is Ish is ready to see this. Ish, I'm sorry for your eyes, man. <laughs> He's ready to take the photos. Ladies and gentlemen, my calendar will be up and selling quick. Quick. Every month, the penis will face a different direction. Now, if y'all, follow, if y'all follow us on TikTok, you'll see the Burt Reynolds pose that I've done. Yeah, I don't know if you want to do that because uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, we're glad to be back. We're still alive. Yes, sir. Rick just came off a week of work. I got off work earlier today. We're getting ready to talk to the great Steve Orlando here, but we need to know what the fuck happened to you this weekend. Not a damn thing. It was raining off almost all weekend. So you know what that means, right? When it rains outside, it needs to rain in the bed. Was you making it wet? Not this one. Well, you perspire when you sleep, don't you? No. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't sweat. No, I need to be nice and cold in here. So I'm, I good. understand that because you know, she ain't nothing feeling worse when you like Jesus. Somebody done dressed me with a bucket of water. And being that that hurricane, the hurricane came and hit mm-hmm. under Corpus. All we got was the rain. Yeah. But it didn't get so hot to where it would trap the heat up in the, in I got the attic. You. So it was a so, little cooler. So it stayed cool in here. It got so go. cold where I had to turn it off. <laughs> I had the AC drop to 72. I was hanging beef, lamb, and whatever I wanted to in the house. Dude, I was down to 50 degrees in here. I like to keep it cold. It was cold. I turned it off, and I, I put it away. I turned it off, and for like three hours, it stayed the same temperature. That's pretty damn good, actually. That's nice. I mean, that's the one thing I was in. I mean, granted, we don't like looking for hurricanes, but sometimes a hurricane does bring that cool weather, bring some rain, some wind, a little bit of wind, you know. <laughs> Hope everybody's okay. You know, hurricane hit down there by Corpus and, you know, did some crap. So, at least it wasn't too bad of a storm, I think. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. And it did something weird. Normally, we always see hurricanes that will hit and then they'll go up north and go to yeah. kind of like northeast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you realize it went to Corpus and going northeast, we should have gotten some more rain. Uh-huh. Well, because there's such a high-pressure system, it went through Mexico. Yeah. It didn't come up. It did not curve. Because it is too damn hot in Texas. Let me go and put that out there for you one more time. Too damn hot. Man, tell you what, bro. You know, it's so hot, I can walk from my house to my car and already done got drenched. That's how it is over here when you go miles. I know. It's bad. It's like, this is ridiculous. Did you sweat just going from here to, to the car? Just go get some, some dinner yeah, for yourself? Yeah, I did, actually. Uh-huh. When I got my car, it was hot as hell. Even though I got the sun visor, I need to protect the car. I need some on the side shit. Well, it wasn't raining, so you need to crack your windows just a little bit and let some of that heat out. I don't trust your people here. Dude, I crack my windows all the time. I don't trust these people in this town. They're, they're nice, like criminals. They're they nice, they nice Mexicans. They, they don't us. know me. It's like they're nice Mexicans. They're like, oh, that's the MiG-1. Let's get him. They ain't gonna do it. They just uh, <laughs> they ain't gonna do it. They see your car. They're like, oh, it's just a kid. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> like they see mine. This is just Hyundai. So not much for you on this weekend, huh? Not, not much. Like I said, just stayed home. Didn't do a whole lot. It was like it's just nice to go. The rain just really didn't let us do anything. Hardly do anything. You know. Gotcha. You? Oh man, for me, I uh, you know, shit. I cut grass. I mowed. 
I cut down tree limbs. I uh, I built a fence. Shit, I was busy all weekend, man. Rain don't stop me. You build a fence. It rains in the army, sir. I don't rain. <laughs> nah, nah, I didn't do shit. <laughs> I did go swimming though. We did find time when between the the cloud burst and the rain said there was time to go swimming. Let me tell you something. When the sun ain't out there beaming on your pool like it's supposed to, and it's nice and cool, and a number of clouds, the water don't get as warm as it usually does. So the water was a good brisk 70, maybe 60. So it was nice and cold. It felt like I was in an ice bath, and it felt great. Did your balls go home for the winter at that oh, point? Oh, was in the garage before I even got in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a nice breeze blowing, so you wanted to stay in the water. But no, it felt good to swim in there. You know, I was working my legs again because, you know, my legs are, my knee is kind of messed up. So I've been trying to get that exercise, you know, walking in the pool, doing exercise with my legs until uh, I can start running again. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I did. Just hung out with my grandson, you know, what I normally do when he's with me. Watch TV, play games, and, you know, and eat. That's about it. You didn't drop a chocolate payday in the pool, did you? No, no problem in the pool. Oh, but I did do Pokemon Go Fest where me and Brayden, we went two days in a row, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, for a couple of hours and did a lot, did all the Pokemon Go Fest things. It got a lot of cool Pokemon. Uh, yeah, we were in the rain. It's like whoosh, whoosh. my grandson was with me on the first day. He's like, "It's raining." No way. It's raining sideways. What? <laughs> but but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was nice and cool and rain and we you know something to do to get out of the house. Couldn't really go nowhere, but you know we're, we're safe. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. So it was good that was going on at least. Otherwise, I'd have lost my damn mind because you know you just kind of like I can't go nowhere now. Can't even go outside. No shit. Man, but you know, and then yesterday evening, went outside, you know, put the dogs out for a little bit because, you know, the rain, and when, you know, they finally were able to come out and put them out, and, you know, and then as I'm going back in, I got bit by mosquitoes. Damn. That sucks. I know. I was like, Jesus. So, so it rains enough just to piss them off so they can come out and bite my ass. Well, they never touch me. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I heard this joke. What's the difference between a mosquito and a blonde? Mosquito knows when to stop sucking. Exactly. After you <laughs> smack it. <laughs> you stole my joke. Yes, I did. <laughs> but anyway, hey, should I tell me a joke I said on TikTok earlier? Go ahead. All right. What's the, the similarities between the mafia and a vagina? What is that, sir? One slip of the tongue and you in deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty on two ends. Yes, it is. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 what we learn from our friends over at somewhere else, you know, if it's blue... You don't want to go there. I'm just saying. Don't want to go there. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a pretty good time. And, you know, what? see, we're getting close to getting time to call to Stevie. Mm-hmm. Let me see if uh, Stevie Nicks is ready to come on. It's like, all right, so we're going about to try to get on this phone call here with the great Steve Orlando. Is this the great one? Hey, we go. What's going on? Uh, it is the great one. How you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. Trying you, to guys figure- keeping, you guys keeping safe down there? What's everything else? What's going on? Oh, we're doing pretty good. There's no, uh, you know, you're dealing with the COVID and stuff. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I'm working from Rick's house. Rick goes into his job, but he goes in shifts. So, you know, it's not a lot of people everywhere right now. And you've been... Yeah, I mean, I've got, uh, you know, I've got the best job possible for a pandemic. I... I'm already used to not leaving the house, but it's been uh, it's been pretty wild seeing everything. I was thinking about you guys. I appreciate that, Steve. Man, you sound totally different, man. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I, I I trust me. I'd already gone through puberty the last time you had me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh man. Well, you know what it is. I think it's all that working out you're doing. You know, getting them them abs. You know, doing them six minute ab workouts you're doing there. <laughs> oh, if, if only it was only six minutes, bro. But yeah. <laughs> Before you know it, you're gonna look like Bo. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have that. Gonna have that. That shine, bro. That shine. Oh my God. In case you're talking about, I'm talking about Bo from Shiro, Rick. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man, I tell you what, you know what, a while back when I first started to get to know you, I always wondered, you know, I wanted to do something nice for you, I was like, hell, I'm going to create a wiki page for this man, this man is, I mean, truth be told, I'm hero worship here, and I said, you know, I need to do something to help out the great one, you know, this is before you had it, I go out there and look at this man here, <laughs> you know he done made a big time when he got the wiki page. Oh, my God, well... <laughs> I'm trying, man. What's interesting is I learned a lot more stuff about you from the wiki page. Oh, really? Yes. Hopefully I could. Only talk about the things that you were impressed by. <laughs> I'm bringing up the dirty. I got all the dirty questions. No. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, so you guys know we're talking with the great Steve Orlando. Uh, he is a writer, an exceptional writer. Uh, to the point that when he uses words, I got to break out the thesaurus or the dictionary to figure out what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> That's me, and I'm happy to be back. You guys are one of the first places that uh, <coughs> that ever featured me, so it's good to be back talking about new stuff. And it's been a wild ride. It's probably uh, God, probably about six years ago. I got to think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's been it's been a very long time. I mean, you were, you rolled with me and my boy back on Comical. And now you're rolling with me and my cousin here on Critical. We, I preach, man. Like I said, I've been a fan of yours since you broke in back in the day, since hashtag the arm. <laughs> That's true, and I'm still, you know, I'm still trying to cut arms off everywhere I can. So keep it, keep an eye on, on at least DC in December. I got you. You know what's interesting, and like I said, I let our listeners know again. This is Steve Orlando. You can follow him at the Steve Orlando on Twitter. Uh, known for doing Batman, Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman, Midnighter. Uh, his new comic coming out now, Com Commanders in Crisis. He's done Undertow, Virgil. Uh, the, the list is huge. And apparently, I didn't even know you did a Milk, Wa Milk War series uh, around the same time you're doing The Unexpected and you were doing Wonder Woman and then The Manhunter. Yeah. That's interesting. See, I pride myself on having everything you write. I really do. Anything that comes out, my comic book store pretty much knows. Anything Steve Orlando put in my box. No matter if he's, he writes the letter A in there, it needs to go in my box. Period. And I don't, I don't think I ever ha even got that, so I definitely have to go on the hunt. Yeah, it's, uh, excuse me, that was a crossover I did with Doom Patrol. So you were, uh, you know, it was uh, like it tied into Justice League America, but more so it tied into uh, to Doom Patrol. Like, we, the Justice League was there, but it really fit in with what was going on. Uh, in that book, but it was fun, you know, I got to write it with Gerard Way, it was a wild time, and, you know, it's got Wonder Woman as Wonder Wife, and uh, Batman as a questionable priest, and all sorts of wild stuff. <laughs> That's freaking awesome, and again, I'm not, not missing anything else, I mean, you got Batman, Robin, Eternal, yeah, the Supergirl, and the Justice League of America, like you said, and then you had the Batman Shadow crossover, which you did with DC, and you turned around and did a Shadow Batman with Dynamite. That's true. Told you, man, I learned things about you today. It's been a wild couple of years. The biggest thing I like to let people know is that when I, uh, like Rick doesn't know this, but back in the day when we did a tournament 
uh, with all superheroes to see who would beat who. And we had Batman versus Midnighter, and we didn't give Midnighter a chance in hell. Uh, and we were wrong for that. <laughs> As I read Midnighter from Steve, he's become one of my favorite characters. And every series that Steve does with Midnighter is really good. And I'm not the only one that thinks that. As you've been nominated for awards left and right, I mean, it's like, man. And then your Wonder Woman, your Wonder Woman standalone was known. I mean, what was it? Let me see. Uh, issue number seventy-three was known like one of the best uh, standalones around. No, fifty-one was. Excuse me, that fifty-one to fifty-five series you did. Uh, yeah, people really liked that. I was very, I was very happy about that. You and then you came back for the seven fifty too. So that you know, like I said, man, you were super talented, and your midnight midnight or twelve issue was was like number one best book of two thousand eighteen. If I remember correctly, and we hope so. oh no no that's that was the that was the statement that's the actually I went out and looked for it and that was actually the statement, uh, so that is actually legitimately true, and I mean, Jesus man, I tell you what I've been impressed with you since day one because you're a funny guy you're a hell of a dude, and I can't even begin to you know, we read the new book but I want you know what I'm jabbering too much here have a little hero worship going on here and Rick's laughing at me, uh. Steve, since I said a few things about yourself, why don't you let our fans know again who you are? A little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah, no, I mean, so, I, like, you know, like Miguel was saying, uh, I've been all over. Uh, I, I started at started Image uh, with Undertow in, like, 2015. Uh, actually, 2014 is when we actually sold that book. Mm -hmm. And when it came out, uh, but that same year I sold Midnighter DC, and soon after I was... Uh, on the contract with them for four years. So yeah, at that time I did. I worked on those everyone. Supergirl, Batman, Wonder Woman, Just League of America, new characters like The Unexpected, crossovers like The Shadow, uh, and Milk Wars with Doom Patrol. Um, but now I'm out. Now I'm free. I'm off contract. I'm still doing a little bit of stuff at DC uh, and, and hopefully some at Marvel. We had some stuff set up at Marvel, but we got hit by the, uh, we got hit by the pandemic uh, pause. So we'll see if that's going to come out. Uh, but in the meantime, I've just been doing uh, a ton of original work, which is how I actually met you guys. So that's what we're going to talk about today. New book, Commanders in Crisis, uh, launching October 14th. Uh, it is, you know, basically like all my superhero stuff that is not Marvel or DC, it's all going into this book and, and this and this world that's going to blow out from this book going forward. You know, I want to, why would I not do it somewhere where I can own everything and I have complete control? So... This has everything you liked about me at DC, uh, but none of the rules, none of the restraints, totally unchained. Uh, could not be more excited about that. And then the week before, uh, for, for fans of violence, you know, for my Midnighter readers, uh, I have a book, Kill a Man, coming out, which is uh, a mixed martial arts uh, book set in the world of UFC. Uh, probably my favorite thing I've ever done. Uh, easily my favorite thing that doesn't have a cape on it. And that's coming out in October, too. So, and that's just... Tip of the iceberg. I probably have six books that haven't been announced uh, or that I can't say more about. It's been a hustle. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, like, when you have creative freedom, uh, like I do again, you know, it's, I'm working three times as hard, but I'm a third as stressed because I love every minute of it, and that's a good place to be. Was that the main reason why you decided to, uh, when your contract ended with DC just to go back and become the Steve Orlando of comics? Yeah, I mean, you know, there was, it looked like they were going to be not wanting me to continue on exclusive anyway, so I decided to make the call, you know, like, it was, it's hard, you know, there, there's benefits to it, there's reliability to it, you know, boring adult answer, 
But at the same time, rightfully so, this is not a complaint. You know, like when you're writing Wonder Woman or Batman, you're answering not just to 80 years of continuity, but you're also writing, you know, to the needs of a billion dollar IP. So that's part of the job, but eventually uh, you've got to respect that and decide to do a different job. And that's kind of where we're at now. I don't want to have be told no because something is too risky. Uh, and like I said, I'll be back in D.C. for a little bit in December and maybe some other cool projects after that that are in the works. Um, but I need to have the freedom to tell these unchained stories. And so when it looked like maybe we were going to uh, be re- reworking our relationship anyway, I said, look, let's just do it. I'm going to make the call myself and I'm going to bust out there. That's what I've been doing. Hey, I'm going to say this right now, and I'll stand by it. Steve Orlando Unchained is probably the best thing in the world. I mean, come on. Undertow, Virgil, come on now. I mean, that's some great stuff, and, I, you know, I purchased all that stuff, and Virgil was amazing, and I, and we got to, you gave us a, the preview of uh, Commanders in Crisis, and all I can say is we liked it. We liked it a lot, and like I said, you Unchained is probably one of the best things in the world right now. Well, I'm trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> uh, and there's even more coming, like I said. There's multiple new books at Aftershock. There's... Uh, and two other companies as well that haven't even been announced yet. So there's going to be a lot coming this year and next year. Man, that's amazing, Steve. Yeah, being being that uh, this is you, you know, open that you're finally bringing your stories out and everything, you don't have any, you have creative freedom. Is this going to be released under your own your own label or you, you're going to throw it under somebody else? Well, I'm working with Image, but you own everything you do in Image, right? And so they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of, uh, they're there to sort of foster what you're already doing, what you want to do. So it's a different type of company. So, yeah, I'm doing stuff with Image. Uh, that's where Commander's Crisis is coming out. Killman is coming out from Aftershock. I have other books from Aftershock. But they're another company, even though the deal is different. Uh, you know, once they've decided they want to publish a book, they're very hands-off, you know? Like, in their mind, the decision period is, is before they say yes. Once they say yes, they're like, just go do it and do it the best you can. So... Um, wherever I'm at, I'm telling the exact stories I want to tell, and, and that's a great place to be. That's good. And also another thing, being that like we've noticed that some of the comic book stories are starting to come to Image as movies and stuff, would you be willing to do that for, for Netflix as well? Uh, I mean, I'm willing to work for, I mean, I'm, I'm freelance, man. I'm willing to work for any place that <laughs> wants to, uh, to give me a job and, and the right deal. Man, I could see Undertow as a movie, as a, as a TV show. I really could. I mean, we hope so. I would love that. I'd love the great animation, you know, similar to like uh, what, you, what you've been seeing with the Netflix original since you're talking about that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I love to work on something like Castlevania show, for example. Oh, God. Oh, I could see you. I could see you writing for that. I, again, Steve, people don't really understand, and they probably think, I, you know, just whatever what I'm saying, blowing air, you know, smoke up your butt. But these people need to understand that when it comes to writing, you are a creative genius. You really are. I give that title to a few of you guys. Uh, and you're one of them. I mean, for me, you're one of them at the top, and it's amazing. I, I, I you know, I'm all for anything. Anything you do, like I said, I, we're behind you 100. percent At least I am. I know Rick probably is too, but I, it's just these, these people need to understand when I say you are one of the great minds and writers of this time. We're very lucky to have you. So you need to stay healthy and stay out that damn COVID. Uh, don't worry about me and the COVID, man. I haven't left my house since March. <laughs> no. Like when we read, uh, cri- uh, was it Commanders in Commanders in Crisis? There's some of the words, and I was like, "How do you, do you, are these real words? Or are you making some of these up? Because these are big, big words." Like, well, I mean, 
I, I, you know, I got to work the gimmick, man. That's what I'm expecting for on some level. Okay. Yeah, do you got a thesaurus handy, or is just popping out the brain? I guess is what Rick's asking. Yeah. <laughs> They're out of the brain. They're out of the brain, man. That's what uh, I tell you. See, I, big I, brain I, on this man. <laughs> so let's talk Commanders in Crisis here, real quick. So. When did you get the idea for this comic? Well, you still at DC after? Well, hang on. Let me restate. Let me restate that again. How did it come to you? Or what What made you think of it? Oh, uh, you know, I wanted to. Uh, I mean, I love multiverse stuff. Like one of the things that makes I think DC so unique is its, it's multiverse structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I I wanted to do something like that, but at the same time, it, it couldn't just have like no rules. You know, like. Maybe so that's why we opened up with the last survivors of the multiverse. We know that that was out there, but not something wrong. Uh, and 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 we want you know, and all those characters are the last ones left. They're on our Earth. So I wanted to tell a story that sort of like harkened back to the superhero books that got me into comics. You know, things like the Authority, things like uh, Stormwatch. Uh, you know, the '97 JLA. Books that were like classic, like, you know, your classic comics are classic comic coloring, uh, but at the same time, big, thought-provoking idea, you know, and, and that's something that happened with me on, I did on Justice League, it's something I did on Team Patrol with Gerard, and I loved it, it was some of my favorite stuff at DC, so when I thought about what I could bring, if I was going to build the superhero world that I could live in and own myself, uh, it was like, yeah, let's, let's key into that, let's, let's, let's make, you know, the, the modern version of the books that made me love comics. And that's sort of how Commander's Crisis came about. I want to ask you a question about the book, but since the book doesn't come out until October, how much of this do you want us to divulge? Uh, you can ask me a lot about the characters. Let's not spoil any reveals or anything, you know? Okay. Alrighty. How'd you come up with, man, how are you going to make the Mexican good with knives, man? Come on, bro! <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a surgeon, uh, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, the thing is, uh, yeah, so, like, we can definitely talk about that stuff, uh, but the, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to do something interesting with, with Sawbones that sort of inverted the expectation, right? Like, if you have powers that, he's also, he's also an excellent symphony musician, uh, so I wanted to, like, give that inversion of, you know, what is an action surgeon? What is someone whose abilities let him do life-saving things, but how can that be used both for its traditional purpose and and in combat and things like that? So I mean, he's kind of a midnighter type character. He's the person that can see inside you, literally. Uh, and, and he lets us do that, and he also, is, you know, his narrative is one about retraining and repurposing, because he lost his ability to play. Uh, he lost his synesthesia, which, uh, you know, helped him in music. And so now he has to find a way to give back to the world in a different way. Uh, and it's not even his world. So he has to find, you know, uh, find a way to give back to this world. And he creates a new persona for himself. One of the things about all the characters is that, uh, you know, the secrets of who they are uh, behind these, these superhero co- costumes and identities will be revealed in the series. But it is about, you know, the last survivors of the multiverse. But it's also a fresh start, as you've seen with someone like Sawbones. They have a new persona. They're having to reinvent themselves uh, because of what's happened to them before. And so a lot of it is about, uh, you know, the things we have to do, whether we, whenever, anytime we face a huge change in our life, you know, we have to refocus, we have to reposition and decide what about us is going to stay and what is going to go. What do we want to get rid of? What do we want to renovate? And that's what 
characters are doing, you know, Sawbones especially after everything he lost in his previous life before he was a superhero, uh, and, and finding a way to turn everything that happened to them and make it into a positive. And what is that but what all of us do, you know, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I make the joke about the knives, but, you know, Rick and myself were like, oh, cool, man. Ignacio Mendez, bro. Sawbones. I like the name. Made me think of G.I. Joe type of thing. I was like, hey, check that name out. <laughs> but, you know, all the characters are unique. And, of course, Prize Fighter, Rick and myself were like, check this dude out. <laughs> he needs the crowd. That was that was the nice. That was nice. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Well, he's like, it's a version of what goes on with Gladiator in the Imperial Guard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... You know, he's only as strong as he thinks he is, uh, and that's a weakness in one way, but Prizefighter's only as strong as everyone else thinks he is, um, and, and that's a weakness in a different way. And it also lets me talk about stuff within, you know, with, with a lot of, uh, with issues, you know, in a metaphorical sense that go on in, in, the, in the queer community. Like, he needs outside validation, quite literally, to, to maintain his strength. And, you know, we all, I think a lot of us uh, struggle, not even, not just in, in my own case, but a lot of us struggle with the need for outside validation. So now he's a character, like, we all want to get away from that. You know, we all only want to answer to ourselves, uh, and, and the only person whose opinion should matter about us is ourselves. But here's a, someone for whom, when it comes to his superpowers and his superhero persona, that cannot be true. You know, he, he, he needs uh, the outside validation that most, you know, that people, when it comes to mental health and self-concept, are trying to avoid relying on. So there's a huge push and pull in that character in his everyday life that uh, I found really interesting. Yeah, that's that, yeah, it's a really good character. I like him, Steve. Uh, and I should say as well, Ignacio, uh, you know why Ignacio is Ignacio? Because when I started taking Spanish in high school, for whatever reason, they assigned me the Spanish name Ignacio just, <laughs> and, not, and not the actual Spanish version of Steve. And so it stuck with me for whatever reason, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, there, there is obviously, there's Esteban, and yet I was Ignacio, so I decided to, there's a lot of that, you know, like, Originator is named after one of my, my first ever writing professor from college, uh, as well. So I'm putting a lot of, I mean, there's just, as you might expect, a ton of me in this book, and it's only going to continue. Uh, that's a good thing I say. Uh, like I said, all the characters, and I mean, we still have a few more to t- discuss. I don't know how how in depth you want to go. I mean, the, what's the originator? Am I saying that correctly? Samaria, Sh- Samaria Shams Shamsi. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Shamsi. So oh. she's named after my. Uh, I went to when I went to college. My first writing professor was um, Kamala Shamsi, who's a Pakistani romance author. And, I mean, just a big influence on me. So, again, I wanted to sort of take some of her aura uh, and, in a metaphorical sense, you know, do what she did with writing as a superpower. So that's why Originator can change reality 24 hours at a time uh, by being creative, by making up new words, as you've seen. Um, and, you know, they're not real. They're made up. But that's sort of the, the, the allegory for what we do when we do creative things. Uh, and she's, you know, she's, she's a little bit... Um, she's a little bit Jesse Custer in that respect when it comes to her powers, and she's a little bit Black Bull. And, you know, I like, I love that these are characters. So, like, I mean, Originator characters like that, like, she's a little bit Jesse Custer, she's a little bit Black Bull, and I love that there is a a hazard, like, her powers are dangerous. You know, like, you never, no character can be too powerful as long as that power is balanced by some sort of fault or some sort of, you know, you know, something else in their character. Look 
at, like I said, look at Black Bolt. You know, incredibly powerful, but the trade-off is he can't speak. Um, and we have that with the originator uh, in a different way. You know, she allows me to be creative uh, and, and do sort of variation on those powers. And when you look at someone like here, it's the same thing. You know, I wanted a Dr. Manhattan-type character. I'm fascinated by that, those perceptions. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you want, uh, again, you don't want someone to just be unbeatable and godlike over her. You know, she has all those senses of Dr. Manhattan, uh, but they overwhelm her. Uh, you know, she can't really keep on doing it for, for more than a minute because of how much sensory information is, is flooding into her when she activates her powers. So she's, you know, she has a control method in that way. With Dr. Manhattan, it was this whole line about, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm just a puppet who can see the strength. I'm still a puppet. So for him, it was that despite all this power, he was still subject to this sort of fixed motion of time, even though he could see it all, uh, just like everyone else. So, you know, all these characters have balances. They, they all have sacrifice, and, and that's, that's, to me, what makes makes a great hero. You know, it shouldn't be too easy. It's not easy for Spider-Man. It's not easy for Daredevil. And and, and every character should have that, that sort of, Wish fulfillment of having powers, but also a tragedy of their powers. Even someone like Superman, you know, every time you know, he can hear every single heart on the planet, every single person on the planet all the time, people like to think that he's unbeatable, but every second, you know, he's saving one person, he can he can hear hundreds of thousands of people he's not saving. You know, he can hear hundreds of thousands of people dying of a heart attack at any given moment. Like, there's a tragedy to him when you think about him uh, that, that I think gives him more depth. And, and that's what you got to do when you're creating something new. So hopefully these characters have interesting powers. I mean, I came up reading, like, again, authority like Jack Hawksmore. is such a wild character, but I love him. You know, he's bioengineered to survive in cities. His body his body eats smog, you know? Like, it, it's just so strange. And that's what I want in a comics. You know, I, I don't want the same, like, guy who punches another guy in a domino mask. Uh, we gotta, we got to give you guys, give readers something that's challenging every time. Uh, and, and try to top ourselves every time. I love the fact that you do have them. To, they have personas similar to a lot of DC heroes that people will recognize, but they don't have the same limitations, and they're not all super god powerful either. Which makes it, you know, like you said, they're they're regular like regular people with powers, but they're not like to the extreme to the nth degree, uh, which makes it so much uh, makes it so much more interesting because uh, they can, you know, succumb and lose. And lose. What are you gonna say, Rick? No, I'm just saying you like you kind of like humanize them a little bit. Yeah. You know? Now we, we try. You know? that, that's how you that's how you make someone care. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is by humanizing them. You know, otherwise, like, where's the inroad? You know, where's the where's the thing that's relatable? So it's really important to me. That's what we did with Martian Manhunter. You know, it's a character that a lot of people weren't really sure how to relate to. Uh, and I hope, you know, by the end of that book, you understand how even though he is uh, a green alien, uh, he's not that different from us. And, and, and that, that's the goal. That's how you get someone to care. I tell you what, though, your, your writing of Midnighter, uh, Martian Manhunter, it made me, your particular writing made me fans of them. I enjoy watching Supergirl even more now because the Martian Manhunter's on it. Uh, and like I said, anytime you're going to release anything, Midnighter or Martian Manhunter, I want to pick it up. 
uh, I become I became a fan because of you. So uh, I just wanted to tell you that. Also, your characters here, I do like your characters. And I mean, Rick, myself, we were laughing like, "Wow, this person can can't speak. You know, has to speak really softly." And we were pretty intrigued. And Rick actually had a chuckle uh, while reading the book. And uh, I was like, "Okay, uh, I'm interested in the character Nina though." Frontier. Yeah. Now I don't don't know too much about her within the book. I'm assuming you're when you go more into to the later novels, we're going to learn more about the characters' backgrounds and stuff and how they got to this situation. Yes, absolutely. And there's a lot more coming with Nina. I mean, she to me is like the classic science character. I mean, a lot of these characters are putting personality types that have always interested me on, you know, oftentimes, like, either, like, abilities, uh, either that I've long wanted to work with, or that I don't think have been really explored in the way they could. I mean, Frontier is essentially, like, Adam Strange meets Forge. And I've always thought Forge is a, a really fascinating character, you know? He, when you found out that his power, like, his mutant power is innovation, but it's intuitive, mm-hmm. uh, again, that's the... Uh, that's the, the, the power and the fault. You know, he can create incredible things, but it's intuitive. He's not a genius, per se, because he doesn't necessarily, can't necessarily explain how he does it. Uh, like, and, and I think that's really interesting. So I wanted to put a little bit of that in Frontier, along with that classic, like, Dan Dare, Buck Rogers, Adam Strange-type science hero. Uh, and that's what you get with her. Because, you know, I like, I like that... A lot of times, like, you know, the characters can punch each other in the face and it's great, but I like characters where science and reasoning and thought, like, is cool. And, like, you can balance that out with characters like a Midnight or a Prize Fighter who will punch first and punch second and punch third. But, you know, the reality is there's a lot of ways to solve the problem. So she's counterpoint to a lot of characters who are going to lead in with action and violence. Uh, you know... Reasoning, science, thought, those things are all cool. I think back to, like, the second Iron Man movie, and I, re- I realized, like, finally these movies are, and stories are telling us that, like, it's cool to be a nerd. It's cool to, to be inventive and in all these things. You know, like, he has to invent a new element in that movie. And that's the type of shit I love. Like, we should be saying that it's, there's a lot of different ways to be awesome, to be strong, to be a hero, to kick ass. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, literally getting in there and punching someone in the mouth. But sometimes he means reinventing some really cool shit so you don't have to. And, and you know, that's important to me. See, <laughs> I love the fact that you've included the multiverse. You have heroes from different locations. Their headquarters is called the Think Tank. And that cracks me up because it's Critical Thinking Podcast. We, I nicknamed our meeting place Cerebellum. <laughs> so it's like, see, you've even affected me on a lot of ways that I think... <laughs> <laughs> and this is many years ago. Uh, so here's my question for you on in regards to this book. Are you going to do me the way you did the last time on Undertone? Is this only going to be six issues? Or are we going to go for 12? Are you going to make this one as long as it'll go? Take my questions, damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, well, look, it's 12 issues this first run. But this is where, as I said, like all of my superhero work is going. So I hope to be able to, I mean, my hope is we do the first 12, we tell our story, and then, yeah, there's going to be a ton of stuff introduced in this world throughout the book. We can come back to the characters. Maybe we can spin them out into their own series. I'd like to do minis with each of them. You know, there's the Trinity in this world uh, is not the Crisis Command. So you know, there's 
Thunder Woman, there's Madame Fury, and there's American Dreamer, who you're going to meet in the, in the course of the series as well. Cool. And I'd love to explore them, too. So, hopefully, I mean, we have a big story to tell for 12 issues, and it's going to be on time. You're going to get them all. And then, you know, well, the idea, of course, is that it's successful, and, you know, before it's even over, we know what's next in this world, and we're already working on it. That's our hope. But no, I'm not going to do you dirty like Undertow. <laughs> you're going to get at least... You're going to get at least 12 issues. Uh, well, you're going to get 12 issues for sure of this, and hopefully, again, we'll already announce next because it'll be wildly successful or at least livable, uh, and we can keep doing it. I think it's pretty good, Rick. Yeah, like I said, I read it. Was, I thought it was a pretty good read. Uh, the way uh, the way you have it in the end, yeah, it makes me want more. Uh huh. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! I was like, damn it! And I like the way the whole. I like investigations. Mm-hmm. I like that type of uh, storylines. And so when I was, I was like, oh, this is typical, almost like a cop movie. <laughs> you just need the SVU. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, except it's like, yeah, the psychedelic SVU. But yeah, the yeah. surreal victims unit. Yeah, and I caught your, your mentions of Thunder Woman and the other people you mentioned, uh, and the, some of the names, you, like you just dropped the name earlier, they mentioned uh, Frontier Talks About Her. Uh, who's the artist? So the artist is Davide Tinto, who is uh, in Studio Arantia, and they've been great. You know, I've met them. I, I worked with Mirka Dolpo at DC a couple times, and I've been doing localizations for her, like taking their base Italian translations in English and sort of and polishing them up so they sound good. And it, it came when it came time for me to get off contract. I'd done, you know, I worked on Unnatural, I worked on Mercy, I worked on a bunch of other things that aren't out yet. And I said, you know, why don't we actually just build something from scratch? You know, we've been doing all these things, and uh, I mean, and, and they were on board, so they connected me with Davide, uh, along with coloring, lettering, and it's been a great. It's probably been the best. Uh, it's probably been the best creative scenario I've been in in a long time. We have this, and we have one other book that has been announced. I'm doing with Arantia. It's very different. It's like a, it's like a, it, it's a, like a monster blockbuster. So it's very different from this. Cool. Um, but uh, they've been great. Davide is great. I mean, he. It makes it feel like the type of book I wanted to be, man. You know, like I, I uh, again, like I like doing weird art stuff, like Marshall Man on it, but this is classic superheroes. And Davide is incredible designer. He nails everything in this book, and he makes it feel exactly like I want every time. He surprises me, and he's, he's just fantastic. And it's going to get wilder. I'm waiting on his designs for our Trinity. I'm waiting on his designs for a couple other things, and uh, he's just awesome. Uh, and you're going to see uh, you're gonna see more and more of this book goes on. Hopefully, after that too. That's pretty sweet. Hey, I'm surprised you didn't like pull uh, Artem and Artem back in. He's busy, man. He's doing this for Tesla an image right now. Which, if you're not reading, you should be reading it. I definitely have to pick it up because, uh, yeah, that's Sean Rick, that's the guy, the artist for Undertow. So, man, that's that's freaking awesome, man. And so, uh, yeah, I, I failed to mention you did the Mercy Live Action Series thing, the English stuff. That's pretty cool, man. I tell you what, Steve, this book is going to be really good. Uh, it's like Rick was saying earlier, it's a great story. Uh, I like the characters. I can relate. To, I mean, the characters just they they feel them, and you really like them. I like what you add to them. Uh, of course, uh, how's I going to go with this? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Basically, the simple plot is, without giving anything away, they're heroes to protect the Earth. That's all I'm going to say. 
<laughs> Unless you want to expand on that, Steve. Well, it's, it's, well I mean, it's in this, the, the, um, it's in this world, so we can definitely say that, like, this is a superhero murder mystery to start, uh, you know, Doom Patrol style, so it's going to get weird. But, you know, it's me and everything I've done DC, like, the super, it's a murder mystery, but the thing that's been killed within a person is an idea. So when you get to the end of issue one, uh, you know, you'll see, like, not just one person that died, like, an actual concept that makes our society run is, is dead and gone. And, and, and how do they bring it, do they bring it back to life? Do they solve it in a different way? How do they find out who killed it? That's the book. Uh, and, and, you know, there's nothing more Grant Morrison is, there's nothing more Gerard Way is. Like, this is my, my ode to all the people that worked with me, whether it's Gerard or influenced me, if it's Grant, and, 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 and that's where we're going. So, it's going to be wild. It's going to be a strange superhero book, but to me, that's what we're about. And, uh, you know, it, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for everyone to see it in a couple months. Any uh, any uh, variant covers coming out for this uh, for these books? There's a ton. And, uh, and you know, I, again, like I'm having the time of my life doing, uh, doing all the stuff that I... I loved when I was a kid in comics, so uh, we're featuring icons with, these, with, with our variant run in the first issue, uh, but um, also some new voices, and that's just exciting to me, you know. Yes, each character is going to get a focus variant uh, for the first issue. Um, people, I mean, Mirka Andolfo, Mirka's going to do a cover, Emmanuel Zipatino's doing a cover, Seth is a subject, uh, but also... But also new people, uh, like Micah Sozo is doing the Sear cover here. Incredible artist, uh, see her on Instagram. David Kalaski is doing our, our, like our beefcake cover for incredible, yeah, out of video games. And like, it's exciting to put a spotlight on icons that have been here for a while. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, you're like, here are your next icon. Here are your next <laughs> incredible artist you don't know. Like, this is a platform and I want to use it. And we're going to keep doing that. I'm doing 3D models. Sculpted covers uh, from my variants. I mean, Davide Tinto was going to be having uh, the lead cover, of course, in every issue. Um, but I really want to do different things with the variants. We're doing a New Yorker cartoon style variant. Uh, we're doing, uh, we're doing, as I said, we're doing a Brett Booth dinosaur variant. Uh, I mean, I think we're going to have Wada do a variant. We're doing, hopefully, I'm going to do a 16 bit art variant. Uh, that's in the works. <laughs> um, I'm having a cosplay. I'm having a cosplay variant, like an uh, like a, with one of the characters. I just signed a drag variant, uh, which is going to be drag cosplay nice. of one of the characters. We want to do different things. You know, what's the point of doing fucking comics if you're not going to do something new? And, and that's what we're doing uh, as often as we can. See, man, that's why. Again, I tell our listeners again, this is the Steve Orlando at the Steve Orlando on Twitter. Why you're amazing, you. Stepped into the thing. People helped you when you first started. You started to make your way, and now you're like almost, you are the man to me. And now you're helping other people as well. That's freaking amazing. You're, you're keeping it going. You're paying it back. My hat's off to you, bro. I respect you even more now, than I, and I respect you a ton to begin with. Uh, you're simply amazing, and you're going to make me go broke. But uh, I'm going to buy it all. <laughs> and even if i got to personally go to your webpage or whatever to get it, I'll get it. <laughs> There's a lot coming, there's a lot coming, uh, but I mean, it's, it's, the thing is, they're all different, and that's exciting to me, you know, we've got this, which is classic superhero, we've got, uh, I mean, a sports book with Killman, uh, we have, I can't say the names of them, but I have, like, a book 
Rebellion. Uh, that's a weird mashup. I've got a, uh, a queer horror book coming out that is just savage. Uh, I've got a young adult fantasy, which I've never done before. Um, I have a, like a manga-influenced end-of-the-world book that's going to be coming out. Uh, what else, man? There's a ton. I'm self-funding. Um, I'm self-funding a book for my birthday that I'll announce around then, but that's going to be some strange shit. Like, that's going to be, like, the weirdest art comic I've ever done, but I'm super excited about it. It's about Sergius and Bacchus, who were, you know, there's a theory that they were gay saints and martyrs. Um, and what else? We're going to something. Oh, I'm doing a Sailor Moon meets Wonder Woman type book as well at a different publisher, so... I'm all over, man. That's not even everything in production. That's just stuff I know is going to happen. So it's been it's been a wild year. But as I said, three times the amount of work, one third the stress, because it's all fucking great. Uh, and uh, I've never been happier. You'll have to make sure you use hit me up with links or hit me up on Twitter. Let me know when the book is coming out so I know, so I can make sure I get it put on my list to make sure we get it and we can do whatever we can, you know, uh, you know, tweet about it or whatnot and, you know, help you out and do whatever we can. And I know your birthday, you'll be 34, huh? Oh, oh God bless you, motherfucker. I'll be 35. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> hey, man, don't be crying. You know what I'm going to be tomorrow? My old ass is going to be 49 tomorrow. Well, it could be a lot worse. You could be 59. Think about it. Nice, yeah. But see, according to my wife, I'm half a 98 tomorrow. Well, she's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know that is? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard I was called a motherfucker by the great Steve one. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, can you tell us about Killer Man? It, 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 it can't even be the first time, let's be real. <laughs> you got to tell me about Killer Man. Oh, Killer Man is super, super exciting. So I'm writing that with Phil Kennedy Johnson, uh, and then I'm doing the uh, doing it with uh, the artist Alex Morgan, who drew Midnighter Number Two. Okay. And the book is, I mean, the really short like elevator pitch of the book is it's it's Creed, but if instead of Rocky, Adonis had to train with Ivan Drago, uh, like like the most tense possible thing. Uh, that's the book, and and. When you get away from that, the, the the short version is we're talking about Emil Griffith, who's a boxer in the '60s, uh, who was called a bunch of slurs in the ring. He's a bisexual boxer, uh, and he lost it. He killed his opponent in the ring. That's real. Uh, and we're taking that story, uh, throwing it with an update into mixed martial arts. So 20 years ago, the character Xavier Maine, similar scenario. UFC is brand new. Uh, he gets called some slurs in the ring, and he just hit the guy so hard he kills him. Uh, and what he doesn't know is that Beta D, his son, is in the crowd watching. Uh, and 20 years later, that son, James Belly, is the Conor McGregor of the moment. You know, he's, he's up and coming, he's got a title shot, he loves to talk shit, he's basically real-life Ric Flair. Uh, the only issue is he's got a secret, and the night before his title match, someone catfishes him and he's outed at his presser and he instantly loses everything. Oh, wow. You know, his, his coach is gone, his entourage is gone, they come up with some bullshit reason why he can't have his title shot, but of course it's not because he's gay uh, and he's got nobody. His family abandons him. How could he be gay? One of those people killed their father, you know? Uh, and so he's got no one and the only person he can turn to to claw their way back out, to 
claw his way back out, uh, is the guy that killed his father 20 years ago, Dave Germain. So he has no choice but to work with someone who he should have every reason to hate. And their story of finding an understanding and finding a way to be a champion again, that's the book. And I'm incredibly proud of it. See, man, I tell you, man, Steve be reaching down and getting you in them fields, bro. He be digging. He gets you invested with them them stories, Rick. And the next thing you know, he breaking your heart. And then he got you singing the Chariots of Fire song in your head as you as he's rising up and shit. <laughs> Steve, he's good at that shit. That's what. That's why I'm saying, people, if you're not reading Steve Orlando stuff, there's something seriously wrong with you in this world. This man is one of the greatest writers of our time. You know, when you start writing your biography, you let me know. I'm going to write the forward. <laughs> and or whenever you write any books like that, again, or if you're ever going to write a big novel, you let me know. Because <laughs> I'm going to buy it. You know what? If I, if I ever subject myself to such a thing, you can write the forward. And, and, if, and if something happens where I forget that I've told you that, you can call me out and tell me one. I doubt, anybody, I, I doubt that I'll ever write a biography because, you know, I don't do X-rated content. But, uh... If I ever do, you got the forward, buddy. Appreciate that. You heard that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what you uh, got, Rick? Well, I'm just wondering now, because uh, I've noticed that a lot of Comic-Cons now are doing virtual. Uh, they're Like on Xfinity, they have actually virtual uh, Comic-Cons where they have panels and everybody's talking. Like you, like you can go to Comic-Con, but you're actually watching it. Have anybody approached you to be like on a panel, like on their virtual Comic-Con? Uh, uh, in general, or you mean for San Diego? In, well, San Diego or in general? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, the short answer is yes. Um, I'm going to be doing something for Heroes Initiative at a show in the middle of August. I'm going to be doing some NYCC digital stuff. I just don't know totally what it is yet, uh, but I do know there's going to be some. Um... And I didn't have any San Diego stuff this year, turned out, but that's because most of my, uh, most of my stuff is coming out in the fall. Uh, so it was just like a timing thing, you know? Like, I don't really have any big DC work. I have one project I just turned in today, but it, and it was fun as fuck, but it's, but it's, it's a relatively small thing. Uh, so it's exciting. Um, so I think San Diego just turned out to be, um, like I didn't really have anything specific to talk about. And at the same time, like, you know, I usually do all those LGBT panels. And to be frank, like, it's been six years, and I, I'm always excited to be invited to them. But also, like, I want to hear from other people besides me. So on some level, I usually recommend, like, new voices for those things. Like, if there's a new panel, I'll always be on it. But the basic ones, like, you know, my story is my story. And hopefully it's interesting, but there's a lot of stories out there to be told. So I usually try to, like, defer to someone who's never done those panels before if people ask me. I was really, I really depressed because the COVID stopped everything because we were really working and trying to figure out how the hell I was going to make it happen, but to come up to NYC, you know, just to hang with you, because uh, I haven't seen you since Dallas, and uh, you know, just bring all my stuff and get you to sign too. And I was supposed to come, <laughs> and I was supposed to do another Dallas show. Actually, that's the real bad thing. Mm. Uh, but I did. I, I couldn't do it, and I feel bad because I. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do the Dallas show. I want to do Dallas Fan Expo, but I just you know, there's no way of knowing. There's, there's, we're trying to figure out 2021 for convention appearances, but how can you know? You know, like Very how true. can anyone know? It feels, it feels, uh, it feels too early 
bad. He was like, yeah, I want to see you guys. I want to go to Dallas. I want to go to a bunch of places I was never going to go before. But I wanted to be safe, not just for me, but for everyone who's going to come. So it's, 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 I'm going to be there. I'm going to be back. I don't know if it's next year because we, we don't look. We, none of us know what it's going to be like in two months. So how can I make a call for May of 2021, you know? Very true. And like I said, like I keep on saying on this show, opener this stuff eventually goes away you know that you know we find a cure or whatever and people you know get healthy again because a lot of people have lost their lives and uh, and again you know we we talk about comic-con but you know understand the gravity of everything actually going out in the real world and uh, but it's, it's it's good to be able to connect with your friends and see people like yourself and everybody else and you know just hoping everything eventually turn, goes back to normal hopefully yeah I mean I think it will we just gotta we did we just gotta we gotta behave we gotta care about each other like you know, and I'm not going to get on my soapbox too much, but like wearing a, wearing a mask is not a big sacrifice. And if you know whether you like your whether you like your neighbor or you don't, we're all American citizens, so we should all be doing it. You know, and, and to me, it's really as simple as that. Um, so I hope people turn it around. I like I said, I was heartbroken watching the numbers in in Texas and Florida. I have a lot of friends in both those states, and it really. You know, I'm worried about y'all. So hopefully it turns around. Hopefully we do find a safe vaccine. And in the meantime, since I have me, like hopefully people get their head out of their ass and, and start caring about each other. Yeah, because we had a knucklehead here in Texas that went to a COVID party. Uh, and then in the ER, or I guess wherever, whatever hospital he was at, he said, I think I may have made a mistake. Then he died. No fucking shit. No shit. No fucking shit. You think you made a mistake? Anyway, yeah, of course you did, motherfucker. Like, idiot. Anyway. No, no, I agree with you 100%. I mean, we said the same thing. I mean, you watch, like you said, you watch the news, and when this first started, and you see the people, the guy, the guy had footage of a guy who was on Twitter, I think, showing a guy loading body bags into a freaking 18-wheeler. I mean, when you people going to understand this shit is real. So, you know, it just, it just boggles me. And I, and I see dumbasses here in, in Texas going to the beach, and you know, when we first... My wife and myself, we wear our mask, and we go to Bucky's or whatever to get whatever. And we go to Bucky's. There's like 18 jeeps in a row. Hey, beach party, we're going here. I'm like, you people are stupid, unbelievable. Well, it it, it, it takes everyone behaving. Like I'll be honest. Like I went to the beach uh, a couple weeks ago, but it, I took three beaches for me to find one where people were staying like safely apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, once, and once I found one, yeah, I wasn't really that uncomfortable because everyone was uh, following the rules, you know? Like, when they were around each other, they had masks on. When they didn't, when they weren't around each other, they, yeah, they had their masks off, but they were, like, 20 feet apart. So, it's, uh, like I said, it, it can't be done, but we just all have to, we all have to find our shit. Yeah, big time. Steve, I know we're going to want to ask you a bunch of other stupid questions, too. But so before we do that, I definitely want you to give a shout out or, or give some more mentions you want to on Commanders and Crisis and Kill a Man. If you want to say anything to our people, let them know when they're dropping, what what's, what's ex, you know, stuff like that. Help yourself here, you know, a little cheap promotion. Yeah, I mean, like, look, uh, Commanders and Crisis uh, is orderable uh, now until uh was, uh, excuse me, now until September 21st. So if you're going into your store, you want to see what the fuck uh, we're all talking about, uh, tell your retailer you want to pre-order it. Uh, there's going to be a thousand sexy, gorgeous covers, uh, slash weird covers that the book goes on. But mostly there's going to be a story that is vital and thought-provoking and wild as hell inside. Like, if you like any of my work, like, if you like the creativity of Martian Manhunter, this is going to be that. But, you know, with no rules at all, and 
positive way. So go in, uh, you know, let them know you want to subscribe. We're going 12 issues. Every single one is going to be on time because uh, we're way ahead. Like, it's comic as it should be in that, you know, we're going to promise you something great. We're going to give you something great. And we're going to deliver it exactly when we say we will. That should be how it always is. But uh, all I can control is myself. And uh, I try to make my books a promise when I always keep. And that's what's going on with the Madison Crisis. Um, Kill Man, uh, it's easy to be on time because it's an original graphic novel, but it's just 120 plus pages of some of the best work I've ever done. It's gripping. I mean, every time that Phil and I look at the script, like, we have to text each other and just be like, this is fucking good. Like, and that doesn't happen to me all the time. Sometimes it's become jaded, uh, you know, but like, we read the script. I think it's because we're co writing, we bounce back and forth, and we're like, this shit is just fucking good. Like, this is raw emotional, it's real, and it's, you know, I said it, you know, for what it's worth, uh, I, I send my books to a select few creators, uh, and like I sent it to Tynan, and he says, in his opinion, it's the best thing I've ever done. James Tynan knows about comics. Uh, he said it's better than Martian Manhunter. I said there's zero aliens in it, are you sure? He said yes, it's still better than Martian Manhunter, uh, and, and I'm incredibly proud of that. So, look, if you like me at DC and you want to know what I would do, if no one could tell me no, and I could really, and I was really acting unstoppable. This is the time to pick up my stuff. It starts with Kill a Man, and it starts with Commanders in Crisis, both in October. That's my month. I'm taking it for myself. Go get those books. There you go. See, man, Kill a Man coming to Netflix soon, starring Lyndon Ashby as the lead. Now that would be badass. Lyndon <laughs> <laughs> Ashby's never taken a dick. <laughs> That man's 60. And he still could probably kick my ass. I mean, maybe accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go. Steve, we're going to ask you a bunch of off-the-cuff questions right now, just getting stupid and ridiculous. I, I was laughing, and I, know I tweeted with you. Uh, I think you are watching the pay-per-view, and you really, I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, I think you made a comment about the eye-for-eye eye match. <laughs> Yeah, that was dumb as fuck. That was real dumb. <laughs> Did you see the fake eye? <laughs> oh, for the two seconds that they tried to get it over? Yeah, what uh-huh. a good show. <laughs> Did you like the swamp match? I mean, I, I'm not trying to be a downer. I Honestly, I didn't love the swamp match, I think, but it mostly came down to the... To the um, the way it was told, like, I like the idea of it. It just didn't feel as smooth as the Boneyard, mm-hmm. you know? And, and yet, and then at the same time, it wasn't as strange as the, uh... uh John the Cena? Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of go either or. Like, if this is just a wrestling fever dream, then go all in. But it felt like you kind of wanted to be both and ended up being neither. So, like, I like the idea of it, but I, if I'm really saying, like, I didn't think it was that good, and I'm not trying to be a troll. I just, I just think they could have done a better job with the same story, you know? Um, the, su- the surprise for me on that whole thing um, was, until the end, uh, I shouldn't say surprise. Like, Sasha and Asuka, that match was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending was fucked up. Yep. Uh, but, um, but, you know, they seem allergic to actual finishes these days. So, I mean, I watched I watch, uh, Simon Miller's Ups and Downs on... Um, because I don't even usually have time, sadly, to watch Raw and SmackDown Live, sometimes Raw. So I watch his reviews to he's the What Culture guy to find out what happened. And, like, he actually has a counter of how many times they've done a surprise roll-up this year. And it's astounding. It's like they're, like, 
was terrible. And, I, and I, then again, like, it was actually a really good match until the ending, which was stupid. Because, like, that and the weird, like, growing up, like, it didn't work when Ultimate Warrior threw up when I was, like, seven. <laughs> and, and it hasn't worked since. Like, don't have wrestlers throw up. Don't have wrestlers, with the exception of blood, do body fluid shit. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't really want to... Like, the eye for an eye match made me feel dirty in a way that wasn't good. And, and I don't, and I don't, like, I'm not making a joke. Like, I didn't want to see Rey Mysterio or Seth Rollins have a fake eye get popped out of their head. And it wasn't like, a, oh, they're evil. I just, I just didn't want to see it. I didn't want it to look real, so there's that. Uh, but then I also didn't want it to look fake. So it was impossible. The whole thing was impossible to me. Yeah, I've come to the point that some of the pay-per-views like that, are, you know, I'm like, it was ridiculous. Hell, my boy and me were talking about it yesterday. We thought the intro to the Sheamus, Matt, Har- uh, Jeff Hardy bar fight was way better than the the pay-per-view. Uh, so I haven't watched that live yet, but it does seem that that was better. <laughs> um, you know, like, and yeah, I love that, like, why the fuck is, why the fuck is Sheamus dressed up like that? We don't know. Like, is Sheamus just, like, a, a weirdo? I started watching his Celtic workouts with all the other wrestlers. It's pretty cool. He puts a little three minutes, six, seven, eight minutes, uh, whatever, him working out with John Cena and Asuka and all the wrestlers, Becky Lynch. It's, it's pretty cool. He's out there sweating his butt off and everything. I, I watched that too, actually. I used uh, the one with one with Joe, actually. I, I used, uh, I used uh, some exercises from that in my own shit. Oh, the Japanese push-ups? So to myself and my son, we enjoy watching him do his workout things. So I just got to mess with you now. You know Grand Metal League, uh, well, you probably don't know, and I'm probably going to spoil it for you, uh, but he's actually going well, to be. I know, I, know the results. I know the results because I watched the, I watched the, um, the review. So I know he's going to be working AJ, what, this week? Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? I, when we were watching that match, I'm like, I told my son, I said, who is what is it, Sonny G or Little G? Who is that? Because that's just, what? Oh, my God. That's Brent, that's Gable. It's like, oh, my gosh. Talk about killing a man's career. Uh, yeah, that's abysmal. The Shorty G shit is abysmal. Shorty G. Uh, but, uh, listen, Grand Metal League's not going to win. No. Whatever. But I think he's going to have a banger of a match. You know, like, I, I think that he, personally, I think that guy's a star. I think he's incredible. Uh, you know, I've liked him since the Cruiserweight Classic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I'm, uh, I- I'm excited to watch it. I mean, AJ could have a good match with fucking Bastion Burger, so there's that. Um, even though we think there is a slap, like an idiot. <laughs> so... Um, but no, I think that I think Metal League. I 
mean, I'm excited. I mean, that and the other thing that I saw that I'm excited for are, like, even if it's short-term, the Big E singles push. Oh, yeah. The Big E is incredible. The Big E. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh... I mean, I I think Big E is is astoundingly good. Like, he can... I mean, the dude can make anything good. And he's strong as fuck. He's got a great look. Like, how do you not push that guy as a single star? I think he's awesome. Him and Keith Lee are my are, are my boys. Oh. I mean, Keith's getting a boost finally. But Keith Lee, Keith Lee's incredible, dude. Keith Lee's but, a freak of nature. For what he for his size and what he can do. No, his athleticism is incredible, and I hope they push him. You know, I, I listen. You know, I, you know, I'm no fan of Brock. Yeah. But I will say, like, I respect that Brock gave him some offense in the uh, in the Rumble, and that moment is the moment. You know, it's not even that he sold Keith's office. That moment is the first time Keith walks in, you see Brock saying, like, who's this motherfucker? And, like, he's mouthing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he was instantly over just by getting to knock Brock down. Like, and, and, I, and I'm excited for more. Like, I, I don't know. I love him. And I got to you know, again, I, yeah, I care about these guys outside the ring, too, not just in kayfabe. And I got a lot of respect for him. You know, he, he wore the BLM gear at, in your house. He's the only guy that did that. Uh, you know, he had a, I'm sure he, I don't know, but if you're following hashtag speaking out, like he had his own story, uh, and hmm. it's really brave of him to come out and say that shit, you know? Uh, and so I have immense respect for that dude, and I, I hope that he goes as far as he possibly fucking can. They're going to turn him dirty, man. He's going to join the Hurt Club, the Hurt Business. He's going to join up with the MVP. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm actually happy. MVP is a great promo, man. I, I'm super excited that he's back. He can, I mean, he, he's a really good promo. Yeah, he, I like MVP a lot. He's, he's he's a great guy. I was glad to see him back because we were like, dude, where's him? We were like, I'm, like, it was a couple months before that. Like, man, where MVP just dropped off the map. And then, boom, here he is. Like, whoa, <laughs> perfect timing. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I I want, I want, I mean, I would watch Keith, I would watch Keith Lee and Lashley all day. I think that'd be, I mean, Keith should win, but like, I think that would be lit. And it's a nice step on the Brock, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I was going to say, oh, yeah, but still, I got to give love to my, my main man. I mean, he's a he's a gimmick guy, but he's freaking hilarious. I love watching him every time he comes on the screen. Got to give love to R-Truth, man. Love me R-Truth, some R-Truth. Again, R-Truth, R-Truth can do anything, you know? Like, people like to dunk on him, but look at the shit sandwiches they give him. It consistently makes them taste good. Every week. It's astounding. Um, you know, and it's crazy. You know, yeah, no, our, our shoes is fantastic. Um, I mean, I don't think at this point he's ever going to race above where he is. No. Uh, you know, but I don't know if he wants to. You know, he's getting paid. He's having a good time. doesn't have to work too hard, so I don't blame him at all. And gets to be goofy, carrying frying pans and everything. <laughs> That's a great, great gimmick for the man. Hey, I do have a. Of course, have you been watching any AEW? I have. Um, again, I always know what happens because mm-hmm. uh, I watch the reviews, but I, I don't always have time to watch the actual show. I did. Um, I'm a big like. I did watch either. I think I watched Fight for the Fall, and I watched. And I wanted to see Sunny and Cody, which I thought was a great match, by the way. The American Nightmare. Uh, but AEW is interesting. Like, there's a couple of people I just don't like that I find really boring. And for the most part, they know how to get the best out of everyone, and it's pretty impressive. I think their women's division could use 
some freshening up, but a lot of that is because they don't do a lot of character work with them, you know, like outside of, actually, even, even the champ, like, who is Sheeta? Yeah. You know, she never, like, she never, she never, she's a great worker, um, but, you know, she doesn't have a manager, she doesn't cut promos, which is not her fault, they hired her, uh, knowing, you know, her, her language ability, but who is she? You know, like, and, and you gotta know that to care. Uh, so I, I, they have incredible talent in the women's division, but I think they need to give them some attention, uh, so that we can find out who these people are. Like, I mean, Britt Baker is maybe the best hero heel in the company. Um, I think, I mean, she's great, but they, they need to more of that. I love Nyla. I wish, honestly, like, I wish that Nyla had a different nickname because I want to support her, uh, <laughs> but as a white guy, like, it's I love. No, 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 no. You're not wrong at all. No, you're not wrong at all. I love the fact that AEW has a lot of the guys from Lucha Underground, and that makes it even makes it even cool. I enjoy watching it. Uh, Brian Cage on there had a match with Moxley here just recently, and I'm like, what the heck? I mean, dude, Cage is a, is just a freak of nature too. It's like, whoa, dude, what are you eating? <laughs> I mean, he's eating drugs. <laughs> but, oh yeah, we know. We're not, we don't speak of that here. <laughs> so he's, a, the same, he's, eating, he's eating the same uh, chicken breast and broccoli meal that Jinder Mahal was on. Oh yeah, Jinder freaking Mahal. Hey man, I got kids. Came back for a visit. Yeah, the funny thing about that that was that was Heath uh, Slater's best promo in like ten years. I know, right? That was it. Was a gripping. Everybody gave him so much love. It was such a gripping performance. I mean, it's like that's just real, bro. I got kids. <laughs> it's not a game. <laughs> I was like, man. But he's always been good. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I want to watch Slammiversary because low key, what I think is surprisingly, always surprisingly very good, uh, is Impact. You know, I like that is a company where they don't have always a great roster, but they get, it reminds me of ECW in the early 90s because, you know, Heyman knew how to get, he didn't have the most talent, but the talent he had, he knew how to get the best out of everyone no matter what they did. And like, you know, like 911, dude is fat and old, dude just goes out and he gives, he gives jumps up all the time. That's all he does. Um, and like, I don't know, I feel the way about Impact. Every time I watch a pay per view, I'm surprised how good everything is, from the ring work to the fit, to the booking. Uh, you know, it's too bad that Tessa is a crazy person, uh, <laughs> but now that's taken care of. Uh, yeah, Eddie, I don't have a lot of sympathy. Eddie Edwards is a lot of sympathy for her. Yeah, Eddie Edwards is the champ, right? I believe he is now. Yeah, like I said, I haven't watched Slammiversary yet, but I, okay. but I'm going to. I got you. Didn't spoil anything. Sorry, my bad. Okay, let's ask Steve some funny questions about DC, since you were at DC. Dude, okay, new character that came out here not too long ago that, you know, everybody knows my top three have always been Harley, Batman, and Joker. But when this guy came out, I'm all about him. I use him on Mortal Kombat. I do everything with him. I'm actually thinking about getting a tattoo. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, of course, yes. Dude, the Batman who laughs is like, man, I don't know. (laughs) 
What's your thoughts on him? Uh, I love the design. Uh, I, I love the idea behind the character. I think it's an unwieldy name. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but that's just me being a weirdo. Like, to me, the idea that people in, in the DC universe call him the Batman who laughs is a little strange. <laughs> his name should probably just be, still, his name should probably just be Batman. Um, you know? But no, I love the design. I love the idea of really pushing through to, like, the, I mean, the, the, the core idea of, you know, the, the mindset, the intellect of Batman, the utter moral void uh, and psychopathy of the Joker, it's terrifying. So, yeah, I think he's a fantastic character. Uh, and, and, you know, people people responded incredibly well to him. And, 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 and the proof is in the pudding, my friend. Mm-hmm. Did you see the... Uh I thought of you when watching the uh, the latest uh, DC cartoon, where uh, the one with uh, Constantine talking about uh, Justice League Justice uh, Dark. Apocalypse Dark. Yep, Apocalypse Dark, and uh, that that was a great. I was like, that was great. But I like the fact that Batman was all like Mobius and Morbius, you know, riding the chair and <laughs> Dark Side. You know, he's like the right hand man. I was like, oh yeah, I thought of you instantly. <laughs> oh yeah. No, all of that stuff, all of our, like, movie-like animation has always been so fucking good in the past, like, ten years. I'm always shocked by it. Uh, it's fantastic. I just watched the, uh, the Flashpoint movie today when I was working, actually. You barely saw that today? No, no, I mean, again. Oh, uh, again, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Rick and myself... No, I'm I, I try to not put on stuff that is new when I'm... Like, I need something on the background to right. give me the right mindset. But if I haven't actually watched it before, then I want to watch it and I'm not paying attention. So it's got to be something I've seen before. I got you. understand. No, Rick and myself have been saying for a lifetime, for a long time, hell, even myself and Justin even said it back in the day, that DC's animation is by far the best. The cartoons are, like, head and above beyond anything anybody could put out. I practically own so many of them. It's ridiculous. I think I own almost all of them. There's a few I don't have yet, but like the second part of the Aquaman, Atlantis thing, but the Wonder Woman stuff I have, you know, the Superman, Batman, and of course, Public Enemy is one of my favorite, but you know, it's just like, <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's just like great. It's very good. I mean, and I'm excited for what's next. My, my boyfriend and I have been really liking the Harley Quinn show actually as well. Like it's, it's low calorie to be clear. Like it's not like a deep show, but at the same time, like there's a lot of deep cuts in it. You know, the Queen of Fables shows up in, like the first couple episodes, and I was shocked. <laughs> uh, I was shocked by that. So like, it's a surprising show. It's uh, you know, it, we watch it in the morning, uh, you know, before work, and it's been really, really fun. Uh, that is, I mean, it's live action, but our fucking Doom Patrol show, the Doom Patrol show, is unreal. Like, I love that shit. <laughs> I was about to ask you if you watched the Doom Patrol. I can't believe, like, it, it boggles my mind, man, that, like, we can't, uh, well, look, I'm not trying to do something controversial. Uh, we've struggled to present, these struggled to present with the exception of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam. Like, it's most famous characters. It struggled to present them in a way that is, uh, successful uh, for the majority of fans. Like, at best, it's been difficult. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But at the same time, like, we got we can do Flex Metallo and Danny the Street. Like, we can't make a Superman movie that people agree on. <laughs> but we can but we can do a genderqueer street 
and a guy who every muscle has a different superpower. Like it's, it's bizarre to me. It's awesome because I love. I mean, Flex Mattel is my favorite comic book character. Um, but it's, it's wild to me. Uh, every time I watch that show, I just can't fucking believe that it exists, and uh, I'm, I'm happy it does. Uh, what the other DC show? Yeah, the other DC show. Uh, you watch Titans as well? I am uh, way behind on Titans, so I will watch it. I was watching the first season because there was a period of time when I was going to be doing Hawk and Dove, um, but that is no longer the case because uh, I'm not really at DC in that way anymore. So I watched the first season, um, but I got to catch up. I thought that it was uh, like a little comically violent. Uh, almost unnecessarily so, um, but at the same time, I did love a lot of characterization. And when fucking Donna Troy showed up, Donna to me is like the best version of Donna Troy. Like people always make her overcomplicated. I don't really know why. Like they think she's overcomplicated, but like she's not. Like that show nails her and makes it really simple. And I, I cheer every time she shows up in that show. She's one of the six that the Batman who laughs infected. I thought. Yeah, but she got better in my Wonder Woman run. She's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know. <laughs> but, oh, so, I mean, I know, you, I know you're busy doing your own thing and else, but have you been keeping up with Batman? With, uh, every, whenever James sends me the book, yeah. Yeah, because the Joker War is about to start. I'm, I'm behind. The last issue I read is when the designer, which is not him anymore, you know, he's not him, it's, you know, I've read all this. I haven't got my last two weeks yet, so. But it Harley's in there, and uh, the Joker's new girlfriend's in there, and there's a scene where she pretty much it looks like she's like she killed Harley. Well, trust me, it's comics, man. I'm pretty sure Harley's going to be okay. I figured James, as much James too. Like to James does like to fuck with people. I, I figured, and it looks looks like he. Sh- I mean, he shot Catwoman too, so. He, you think Catwoman's going to die, too. But I, I figured they've got to make it. I mean, they're super popular. But it's really good. And uh, and I, I, just like I said, I, I buy so many comics, it's ridiculous. But you know what? I'm really happy that you're doing your own thing now. I'm glad that Joshua has night nail-biter back out again. Did you see that? Hell yeah, I did. No, I'm super excited about it. And, you know, I'll tell you what I love as well about James' Batman run is that for the most part, it's new. Like, and you know, and, and if you get me, like, yeah, there's Batman and the Joker and, and all that stuff, and of course. But, like, the designer, Punchline, a bunch of, like, Clown Hunter, which he, and Ghostmaker, which he's announced but haven't appeared in the book yet. Like, I love how fresh and new it is. And that, that again, just like with Madison Crisis, that's what I want from comics. I, I want stuff that we haven't seen before. I want stuff that adds to, uh, the mythology, you know, like Larry Grant Morrison and X-Men, like obviously eventually brought it back around to Magneto, because how do you write X-Men and not bring in Magneto? But it took a long time, and in between, he put so much new stuff in there in the course of a couple of years that is still relevant today, and I love that. So, every time James sends me something, it's a new character, and there's a lot you don't even know about yet, uh, I just get super excited, uh, because I think, to me, like, again, that's what you all as readers deserve. Uh, we all like to see the classics, Batman, Catwoman, Batman, Joker. And yeah, we got to do that every once in a while. we got to do that and give folks what they want. But they also, the way you keep that fresh is by putting new cards on the table, new players on the game board, 
Uh, and that's what James is doing. So I found this run really refreshing. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I I mean, I enjoy it. I think he's doing a great job. That's one thing that I miss about being able to go to cons is being able to sit there and talk to you guys who are doing stuff that I totally love. I mean, actually getting to interview Joshua the one time was great. Getting to sit down and talk to a few other people, talking to, you know, you know, just you guys. And another reason I would love to hang with you is then I get to meet other people and not using you for your friends. <laughs> but it's because then I get to express my, as a reader, as a fan, as a fanboy, to how much I think you guys really help help people out, man. You, you mean comics are a great a great thing in the world. I mean, we're trying uh, all the time, but uh, and and Josh, like I said, I mean, I, I don't want to gloss over it. Like him going back to now, fighter, I think is awesome. And he has again, it's his business. I'm not going to blow up blow up his stuff, but he's got some other really cool creator on coming up as well. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting to see when MiG-1 makes his appearance in Commander in Crisis. <laughs> you know, I have not made an appearance in a Steve Orlando book yet. I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> well, you know, it's just like losing your virginity, man. You shouldn't have to ask. you got to ask for it, you got to wait longer. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, hey, we have TikTok. Don't make me do something, Des. <laughs> uh, but, I mean... You have a very easy name to turn into, uh, well, an airplane, among other things. So we'll see what we can do. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just joshing. I'll, you know, Steve, it's always great to have you on, man. From 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 the Mortal Kombat to the to the WWE to the He Man to what you writing your great stuff to you being on your own now and branching and doing much more, changing the landscape of comics. Taking it to a new direction, along with your friends, uh, you guys are doing a tremendous job. I, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna call anybody else's names. I mean, you know who I'm talking about. But you guys are doing a, a tremendous job, keeping us, the readers and the fans, interested and wanting to buy stuff and being able to lose ourselves in these worlds you guys create. And that's great. That's great stuff to me. Well, thank you, man. And like I said, like it's always been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure since the first book. Uh, it's going to continue to be one. And look, like I said, I can guarantee very little other than in the next year and a half, you're going to see books and ideas from me you've never seen before. And if I stay on my hustle, that's just never going to stop. And that would be, uh, that would make me a very happy middle-aged man. Uh, so, so, going to turn 35. <laughs> At least I do it before you turn 50, bro. Yeah, that is true. Look at him. <laughs> Throwing that in there. Yeah, yeah, I know. He just sticked me a little bit there. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, you still got Superman underwear? Uh, do I still Superman? Yes, it followed me to Boston, actually, when I moved. So it's around. <laughs> Rick doesn't know about that. It's a little big. <laughs> it's a little big on me. It's a little big on me, you know. Well, uh, but but it's, it's in here. That's Sometimes funny. <laughs> Uh, when Steve came down to Dallas, I uh, we found some Superman underwear and I put them on. They stood for Steve, so I was dancing around in Superman underwear and we gave them to Steve. <laughs> yeah. Oh see, God! See, yeah. I told you I'll do anything stupid, but you know I'm inspired by the great Steve Orlando again. Our fans, we have at the Steve Orlando from Twitter, uh, Steve Orlando on, on Instagram, Steve Orlando on Facebook and whatnot. Uh, Steve, man, always a pleasure. Much respect, nothing but love for you. If you ever need anything from me. And I know that you probably don't, but if there's anything I could ever do, favor-wise or whatever you need, you feel free to call me at any time. I'll come to you, whatever you need, brother. 
Well, send me some barbecue. That's where we'll start. It's going to be cold. Uh, you know, we have. There's ways to heat it up again. You know, uh, I don't mean to spoil you. <laughs> I got you. Uh, uh, let me see what I can do. Let me, let me see what I can do. But I tell you what. Uh, we can. You know, let me tell you. If you if you overnight me some barbecue, I will overnight you some fucking lobster, and that'll be the, that'll be the perfect trade. <laughs> Well, I have to take my son to Nebraska uh, here next week. He's off to college to play football. And I don't know how that's going to work, but he's off to that. And then eventually I think the wife and me are going to make a trip back up to New York to see her dad. So I'm going to try to convince her that we make that trip to Boston so I can come by. Hopefully well, the COVID and stuff is done. I'm not bringing anything to you. <laughs> well, if, as, as always, man, if you are here and either of you are in the area, like, You've been great to me since I, since before I was me. Like, there's at least a giant decadent meal on me, if not, if not some some other shit. So, so please let me know. I'd be happy to meet up with you, show you around. I mean, you know, we're six feet away if it's soon, but if it's if it's after that, you know, less than six feet away. But either way, we'll fucking do it. Hey, same here. If you're ever in Texas, you always have a place to stay. You always have a place to eat. You're always welcome at my house. Thank you, man. Again, we're here with the great Steve Orlando. And, and again, Steve, Rick, did you have anything you want to add for Steve here? Uh, no, I don't. Have you were just in shock listening to me talk the entire time. Right. <laughs> I told you, man, it's it's one of those things when you get someone who you have mad respect for and you think the world of, and very few people, you know me, very few people do I really give two shits about. And this man right here is one of them who I would give the shirt off my back if he needed it. So, Steve... If you want to give any final shout-outs to everybody, let know people where they can follow you, where they can order, whatever you need to, go ahead and give it to them now. Hell yeah. All right. So, I mean, you know the drill. Uh, Twitter, at the Steve Orlando. Uh, Instagram, at the Steve Orlando. I talk about comics and exercise and wine and wrestling on both. But in this event diagram, if you want to see me happening more, go to Instagram. If you want to see my opinions more, go to Twitter. Uh, but either way, I'll be talking about my books, I'll be talking about what's going on, and I just want to connect with you all, uh, especially now that I'm freelance, because look, uh, stuff like that, that's how I met you, uh, these guys, uh, and, and, and that's how you make real connections uh, between, you know, content, we're all content creators, uh, that's how you make these connections that last, uh, I wouldn't be here without people uh, supporting me, uh, you're listening to me with some of the guys that have been there since the beginning, let's talk. Let's talk about comics. Let's talk about what the fuck is going on. And uh, let's keep each other entertained. So come and find me. Appreciate that, Steve. And so, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a one-part or a two-part yet. I haven't known. Uh, it's going to come out Thursday, this Thursday at 6 o'clock our time. In the morning. 6 in the morning. And then, uh, based on, I'll let you know if it's going to be, if it's long, then it'll be a two-parter. So we'll have this Thursday and next Thursday. If it's a one-part, I'll let you know as well. That's all good. Can you guys... Uh, I'm going to send Miguel the order code for the book right now. Uh, can you just drop it in the summary? That's the one thing, like, it's pointless for me to mention the diamond order code on a video because no one's going to write it down in time. But I'm, if you guys can promote that, I'm sending it to Miguel right now. Uh, that's how people order the book. It would be really helpful uh, if, if you put that out in the summary or whatever, just so people know, like, go to your retailer uh, and, and, and present them with that, and that's how you get I mean, you guys know that, but not everybody knows that. We'll definitely do that. And once you get it to me, I'll get it to Rick as well, to our critical email and whatnot, and I'll get it to my other people I need to. And like I said, we'll promote the hell out of it, man. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You know I got your back from here to the end of the times, man. 
That's right. Well, we hopefully that's a long way from now. But I <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'll figure out a way to get that barbecue to you and my comics that I have from you that I need to get signed. And uh, <laughs> oh, you can do that anytime. If you send me books, I'll sign whatever you want. I'll probably send back to her on top too. So feel free to do that. Love this man. <laughs> Well, Steve, you take care. I'll let you go. I don't want to get you in any trouble doing any voices again or talking about Amen. Don't fucking get me started. I've been an hour and a half. <laughs> All right, Steve, you have a good one, sir. You know what we should do? And we got and we, and we to schedule it because I'm a little booked up this month. But after the book is out, we should do a live watching. Of, we've already done the Holiday Christmas special, but we should do the fucking 80s, the, the, the movie, the live action movie. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. You should try to book, you know what I'll do? Get, we can figure it out, and I'll get Sealy on the call as well. I don't know if you ever talked to him. You probably talked to him at some point. But as you know, that dude is the biggest E-Man fan on the planet. Uh, he will be a good other person to have on that if we're doing a live watch. Cool. And he probably just heard me say that he probably just felt me say that in his chain, even though he lives in Chicago and lives in Boston. That's how much he likes me, man. So. <laughs> Most definitely. We need to do that. We'll we'll figure that out, work it out together, and we'll get her set up, man. That would be great. I love doing that stuff. I'd be happy to do it. I should have told you. I wanted to say something to you earlier, and I didn't say it. Jeffrey D. Morgan, Thomas Wayne. Oh, if they do that, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, he wants it. Yeah, he does. That's right, and I'm going to leave you with this. I hope you got your shitting pants on. <laughs> Gentlemen, as always, look at the time. Yes, it is. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> 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 All, right, we'll talk soon. All right, Steve, you take care, sir. Yeah, you do. All right, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Steve Orlando again, you know, he knows because we kept on yapping all night long. <laughs> That's how yeah. I with Steve. Uh, sit there and just talk. I am so excited. I am, as a fan, as a friend of his, I am so excited for him. I am so, I can't say that we're proud, yes. I'm, I'm, man, I'm over the moon for him. He, the fact that he decided to go do his thing, because a man like him should be able to write with more freedom. Yeah. I love the fact that he's still going to do some stuff with DC and Marvel, which is fine too, which means he'll be touching more minds and more readers and generations as time goes on. Uh, I will be passing all my stuff on to my kids, uh, my grandson probably when I pass. And, you know, he'll be infecting those minds, too. Infecting. <laughs> you like that word. <laughs> but be sure when you do download the podcast, I will put the promotion code that he was talking about on the description. Okay. And I will tweet it out as well. And we'll put it. We'll have it linked everywhere. People will be able to know. I'll even send it out to our comic book store here as well. Uh, but, yeah, man, I tell you what, dude, seriously. I mean, we like the comic. We got to read it. We don't want to give too many spoilers about it. But it's good. Yeah, it was good. It's really good. And it sets you up perfectly like, damn, why'd you end it there? <laughs> you know that's how comics do. It's like who shot Jr. type shit. <laughs> so yeah, man. So dude, we were on there for a while. Yeah, it's all your fault. No, you no, shut the hell up. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, I got you, man. It's all good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. We don't know how long it's going to be. It may be a two-parter. We don't know. Rick will let me know tomorrow, and we'll figure it out because it may be long. But I want to say thank you for listening, for tuning in with us. I'm your boy Meg One, and I'm Rick the Rizzo. We out. Thank you for joining us, Thinking Shit Through, one podcast at a time.